Let's pray. Uh, thank you, Lord, uh, for such an opportunity to come up um, and just uh, give you uh, and share some of the thoughts that, that you've imparted into me and some truths that you've uh, shown in my life. Uh, Lord God, I just pray for uh, peace over uh, myself first in this time that we have, Lord God, and, and uh, just proclaim your authority over the words that I speak. Uh, so not my own words, but yours, Lord God. So that's just time. Amen. Mm. I should have found the first. It's a bit more niche. <laughs> um, so, so uh, this is the first time, if you haven't noticed. So, this is the first time that I'm, I'm getting up to uh, preach. Probably not the first time I've spoken, but definitely first time in church like this. So, uh, die after the last time when I came up to uh, uh, trial and see. Um, she called me up and said, hey, Will, do you want to, um, uh, you did a really good job. I was like, uh-huh. Um, yeah, you did a really good job. I was just, you know, I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, we're, we're starting to, I'm not thinking about um, putting together, you know, a group of people. We're going to do some workshops on, you know, on preaching. Would you, would you like to get involved in that? I was like, yeah, for sure. I'm okay for the workshops. I'd love to get involved. Like, when's... Like, I'm not preaching yet, like, so, yeah, when, when, when do you want to do this? It's like November, is that cool? Yeah, I'll preach sometime next year. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. So, in October, um, we've got a gap and we'd like you to preach. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll give that a go too. Um, so, it's been a bit of a preparation for me to think about um, what God's uh, wanting me to talk about. Um, and to share. And uh, I want to start with reading uh, Luke 5, 33 to 39. Luke 5, 33 to 39. And it says um, in verse 33, uh, they said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, they being, I think, the Pharisees. Um, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? Uh, but the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. Verse 36. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment. Uh, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Uh, otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. Um, who was here last week? Uh, last week, Di preached, I think, um, a whole series in one session. Um, and there was a lot of really good parts that I just want to recap um, that stood out to me. She spoke about uh, we must know uh, the why and the who uh, before the what in order uh, to live the how, which was um, really good for me to take away. So for me, quick story is I grew up in church through my whole life. Mum and dad were uh, very involved in the church. My dad worked at the church for many years. 
Um, and I, I grew up knowing a lot of the, the what to do and the, to the how, um, but a large part of my own self, I think, um, over the last few years, I've realised actually there's a lot of the why that I, I really didn't dive deep enough into because I could just get by with the what and the how and be in this whole culture of church. Um, uh, and so Di's message was very, uh, very true when she was speaking about, um, you know, that, that uh, appearance of godliness without um, the power of, of God's living word inside you. So um, she summarised um, a few things. Um, she spoke about um, us understanding, so she spoke about Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. Um, and she said, we, we must love truth, um, and loving truth will, will hurt us. Um, it hurts to prioritise um, we must stand firm, stand firm in the word, 2 Thessalonians 2.15. Uh, and we must honour the word above all else. And she summarised um, uh, in her way, her message into five more points, which I quite liked. Um, for those, it was really simple messages. Um, so basically she was saying, um, you've got to work, work hard. Um, don't just sit there and enable gaze. Work hard, get a job. Don't be a busy body. Don't just start looking at everyone else. Just, you know, get on with what you've got to do. Um, but don't get tired of, of helping others. Um, those were her summary messages, which I, I liked. Um, and when I was preparing for this, I was thinking about this, uh, her five things she was talking away. And you know, like, oh, yeah, I've got, I'm working out. I think so. I've got a job. Yeah, you know, I've got three beautiful girls that drive me insane at times. But I'm working hard. Um, but I used to navigate gaze a lot. Um, I used to look a lot of inward uh, to myself. And I think it's, you know, this, this world that we live in at the moment, there's a lot of, you know, um, time that you should be... There's a lot of people talking about mindfulness and, you know, looking inward and, and preparing yourself for the things that you've got to go and do. And, and I've done a lot of that, I think, and, and I let um, that become a bit of my own um, internal review and, and uh, in the wrong way. So... For me, I, uh, over a long time, I, um, I always struggled with this um, sense of judgment and fear of if I'm, what am I saying? Am I saying the right thing? If, if I'm a, what are they really thinking of me when I'm saying these things? And particularly in, for me, when I was at work, um, uh, I'd have these by senior people and, and I'd always second guess myself the whole time. Um, you know, what are they thinking? Am I, am I doing this? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I shouldn't actually be here right now. Um, and what I started to do was uh, I did a lot of navel gazing, and I um, and I sort of got told once, um, uh, you know, you've got to really listen to your internal soundtrack. You know, what are you really saying to yourself? Why are these things coming? And I was like, yeah, my internal soundtrack's wrong. I keep hearing that I'm not good enough. I've got to change my internal soundtrack. I'm like, yeah, I've got to change it. What am I going to say? I'm going to say some, someone who was coaching me was uh, saying some expletives that I should say to myself. But he was like, you know, you know you've got to change that around. You've got to say that you are confident. You can do these things. Your soundtrack should be different to what you're currently brought up on. It's like, yeah, I should. I should. And then I uh, looked in the Bible. Um, and then, yes, I should, but I, what I realised was that, yeah, while I, I shouldn't be listening to my own internal soundtrack and behavior gazing, I should be listening to God's voice um, and I should be focusing not on um, what my own mind is saying, but what does God want to say to me? And there's some words in, in Job 37, verse 1 to 5. I'll just read out and have to go there. 
Um, and this is sort of imagining his voice sort of speaking to me, going, um, uh, at this my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice, God, to the rumbling that comes from his mouth. He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. When his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. It's not a, for me, that that truth was, oh, it's not my, you know, God's going to be speaking to me in my still, quiet moments. It's actually this realization I read, read that. I was like, Man, God's like, thunderous roar is actually shouting at me the whole time. All I need to do is just listen to a different voice other than mine myself. Um, so navigating was um, a big part, but I had to prioritise a few things to get there. So, anyway, that was a bit of uh, a share and a reflection from, from last week. Um, so Luke 5, uh, 33 to 39. I want to focus more on uh, verse 36 uh, through to 39, where it talks about uh, the contrast of old um, and new and the old wineskins and the new wineskins and mixing them and the you know, whole bag breaking and everything like that. So the context of it is, um, is you know, Levi um, has just been called to be a disciple. Um, and when God talks about, uh, when Jesus talks about this parable, um, and Levi invites Jesus, Levi's the tax collector, invites him um, home to have dinner with the rest of his sinner tax collector friends. And the Pharisees at this point are thinking, what is Jesus doing? You know, he's inviting all these sinners. How dare he do this? He was the most radical in that time, right? Um, and uh, Jesus uses um, this moment, I think, and a lot of times he talks about, he always uses parables. You know, you've got the signs and the wonders and the parables, for me, is almost, I really like them because um, so the miracles are quite obvious, right? As you know, he's healed the blind and raised the dead. And the parables, I always go looking at those and like, what does he really mean? And, and I think in the parable in itself, God's way of just uh, drawing us into trying to understand why and what, um, what is he really saying. Um, so uh, verse 36, so some of the key things that I've tried to understand, God speaks to me about what is the why in some of this is, you know, it says in verse 36, uh, no one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment. Uh, and the patch uh, from the new will not match the old. Um, patch from the new will not match the old. And for me, this was, you know, I was thinking about um, that contrast of the old and the new, and why does that just a patch of, patch of the, the new? Um, and to me, when you're taking a patch or a part of something new, to, you're ripping that and, and then putting it onto something old, Whilst from a fashion sense it might be very cool, but I, I, I think in this sense, you know, you're in this parable, God's sort of saying, well, you, you, you actually dilute, you destroy part of the new when you take it and you start to put it to, to, to the old. And the new was meant to be taken as the whole. In, 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 in my revelation, you can't just take parts of this and then sew it onto your old life. You've got to take the whole. You don't want to dilute the, 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 the purpose of the new. You know, verse 37 talks about, you know, no one pours new wine um, into old wine skins, and otherwise the new wine will burst the skins. You know, there's a bursting the skin, I'll talk about what that really means, because I didn't really understand why it would burst the skin. 
um, of a new wineskin. But um, there's, to me, there's a bit of there's a bit of danger in mixing that old uh, and new. Uh, and then uh, in verse 38, it talks about that new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Um, and this point around uh, accepting all the new results in stretching and growing, because part of a new wineskin. Um, we'll go on to that in a bit. So anyway, let me just. In a roundabout way, getting to the title of my sermon, as Brian might say, um, is I Surrender Past the Wine. Um, so, uh, wineskins, but what is a wineskin is sort of my question when I was looking into this. Um, I don't know what you picture when you, you picture a wineskin, um, but I pictured like a an old, you know, Spaniard-type boater leather thing, like a teardrop, and, you know, someone's riding their horse and just squirting wine into it. Yeah, Carmel's thinking the same thing. It's not. Um, so back in those days, it is definitely not that kind of a wineskin. Um, and, and wine was still, you know, someone sort of to step on the wine, grapes, and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, it fermented, and, and then it goes into a vat, and then they pour it into clay jars, and uh, but in, in Palestine, when it was very hot and humid, the fermentation would happen very quickly. So, yes, they could make, they had clay jars, but sometimes they wouldn't have enough clay jars. So they put it into um, a wineskin. And a, a wineskin uh, in those days was actually a whole tanned goat, um, where the legs and tail were cut off um, and had been sealed. Uh, so, the, yeah, it's a bit, sorry, it, it, but image, image is enough. It's a goat, tied arms and legs and wine inside it, and then a knot. <laughs> I was, was going to use, um, in preparation, I was thinking of how am I going to get this message across? Um, and a lot of things that I do for, for work generally end up in um, slides and you know, presentations. And I started my, my work and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to put a few slides together. Yeah, yeah, and a few graphs in there as well. Like, and then I just looked at myself and thought, oh, I think I feel like I'm going to get work if I'm doing this. So, but anyway, I would have put a picture up there, but you get it anyway, judging by uh, the reaction. So anyway, the, the white skin was, was not a leather tanned, tear-shaped boater. It was uh, literally a goat, um, a goat skin sewn up um, with wine uh, in it. Um, and in the Bible, so Job 32, 18 to 19, just, that scripture sort of describes it quite well, I think. So it says, for I am full of words, and the spirit within me compels me. Inside I am like bottled up wine, uh, like new wineskin ready to burst. So what happens in the, just a bit of the, I'm not a science person, but Leash can come up and share if she likes. Um, no. Uh, but, but basically, uh, wine into the wineskin, it's new. What happens is it ferments. It expands and it expands and it expands over and ferments inside that wineskin over multiple uh, weeks. Um, and at the end of that whole process, the wineskin is, it's lost its elasticity. The, the, the goat skin is done. It's, it's expanded as far as it can. It's stretched, which is amazing. But actually, you can't, it, it, it retracts and there's just not much left in it. You, it's, it's done. Um, and, uh, and I was, I, I've, I've heard this, I've read over this before, and, and 
it, it's, it's something that has been um, a real part of uh, my life as I reflect on um, how this applies to me. And, and for me, I, I grew up in church and I felt like I've had this wine skin that's been stretched over time. And it's been really good. I've, um, I needed uh, to be filled, to be stretched, and God's done that in my life in so many different ways um, through, throughout it. Um, but there came uh, a point before Alicia and I joined this church. Uh, we weren't in church. Um, we were, you know, and we, we, just, we just didn't find the time. We didn't make capacity for it. But, you know, before Ella came, we sort of sat down and we're like, no, we've got to, um, we've got to get our act together, don't we? Yeah, we've got to, we want to make sure that our kids have a foundation of faith. Um, so we started looking for, for church, um, for a family to be part of, and we, we went to a few, and we, we landed um, land here. Um, and where the, the wineskin sort of conversation and that whole bursting comes into play is, um, each time I came to this church at the very start, um, you know, I came with a kind of expectant heart that you know, God would uh, speak into our lives um, and our uh, growing family. And each time I came and you know, the listening and uh, worshipping here in the songs like, you know, Jesus is his youth, and those, and listening to the verses of that was like, for me, um, new wine being poured in, um, and it was amazing. But each time I, I sort of went away from church, I sort of, and it was hard, I was taking part of this, the new messages and the new words and new wine was that, that I would listen to and I'd say, yes, I want some of that. I felt like I was just, I was just patching it on to my little wine skin. And throughout the week, things would just fall apart and things would just burst because I just couldn't contain it. And I'd come back to church again the next week and, you know, this time it's, uh, you know, Lord, you are my portion. And I'm standing there on my knees crying. I'm like, oh my goodness, the new wine again. And I'm just, I'm being stretched. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm just, I just, I can't, I can't contain it. And I just, and I couldn't. Because each time I'd go away and I'd go, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Let's go back to work and let's go back into a normal routine. And nothing changed during the week. And I just kept patching and patching and patching and patching. Um, but I kept breaking and breaking and breaking. Um, and then there, there, um, there came a point um, in church here where I just thought, uh, something's, something's not right, something's got to change. Um, and, um, and I wondered to myself what, what it was. Um, and uh, whether or not it was something that... Um, I just wasn't letting go of, or something that um, I just didn't know yet, or God wasn't speaking to me on. Um, and for me, I, you know, after being in this church and going through the, the patching and my own foolishness of trying to mix the old and the new, um, sometimes the driver of change is external um, around you. Uh, sometimes it's internal. Um, the external ones that you might know is like if you've got a family, then obviously things are going to change around you, right? Um, and uh, but for me, this this moment was uh, I've been a part of a business, so I was working as an employee for seven years uh, in the one place, and I had a, a good 
career path and I had good mentorship there and things were going really well, but they, the place that I was at um, went through a, a restructure. Uh, and it was a good restructure for, for me because I could have stayed or you know I could have gone, but a lot of my world was about to change. Um, and you know I remember being at church here and thinking, what do, I, what do we do, God? What, what, does, what do you want me to do? Um, and, I, and God really spoke to me about, um, uh, about surrender um, and about just trusting. Um, and with that, um, I couldn't, I felt like I, I, I decided to leave that, that business um, and that company. Because I knew that if I left, then I'd certainly be in a, a place of surrender. Because I, I didn't know what I was going to do yet. I had a few options, but I just I didn't know. We didn't know, did we? Um, and that was my my moment of just going, "Okay, God, I'm going to surrender to you." Um, and I remember during a lot of this time, a lot of old prophecies I'd be listened to, um, and these words in this scripture, which was spoken to me a long time ago, came back up to me, um, and. And God really spoke to me and said, you know, you've got to, um, you've got to let go of a few things here. Um, you can't keep just patching on a few things into your, into your life and your... Because there is contrast. And each time I tr- you're, you keep asking out for more, I'm going to give you more. And that's the point. You know, God, God's always going to share. And if you ask, he's going to um, impart. But it was like, he goes, you've got, you've, you've got to change something else. You know, and, and actually... You know, I want to give you something new, but I want you to be able to stretch and grow with it. Um, and the stretching and the growth isn't going to be easy. So we decided that, um, yeah, I was going to leave uh, that job, and I, and I went searching for something new. Um, and we had a good holiday and break and all that, but um, where, I, where I landed um, was in a new business, a, a smaller one, um, and when I started to meet some of the, my, the, the, the partners there, I didn't realise that one of the guys was actually a, a really a very strong Christian, um, and I've never been in a place in the corporate world, just, it's so hard to find people that are, share the same faith, um, uh, messy hard, and, and for, for this to happen, I was like, ooh, maybe, I, maybe God does have does have my best interest here. Maybe he is going to, to look after me. I just need to trust him more. Um, and and I have. And, and over that time um, of being with them and being here, um, God's really uh, imparted more into to me. And, and this whole new wineskin has started to stretch. Um, and you know, even as a, a point of Surrender, going. Okay, we've been in. Lisa and I've been in the church for you know four or five years. Um, and there's another part of God. It's like, yeah, you know what? You used to used to be um, involved in the church. Why, why aren't you singing? Why aren't you uh, Why aren't you doing leading or anything like that? Um, why aren't you doing more than like, I've asked you to? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's because you're gonna stretch me because it's gonna hurt and it's gonna. I don't think I'm going to be that comfortable in that. I like the new wineskin, the, the amount that you're pouring in right now, but I, it's full. It's like, nah, no more. Um, and, but for me, uh, it got reminded me again of surrender. 
um, and the, the relationship of you know surrendering and its uh, cause or, and, and the effect of that being growth and being stretching and being um, filled again. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it's been a, a big journey for me um, to accept uh, that. I needed to surrender, um, to accept that actually when I do surrender, um, it's not just saying I surrender and God just pouring in you, but it's actually letting go of quite a few things um, and not taking part and diluting part of the new. Um, and uh, knowing that, I think I'm a lot more knowledgeable now that when you do surrender and you do ask for, for new wineskin, that um, that there is, uh, it is going to hurt. Uh, that a lot of um, stretching and and growth is and it does come when you when you do um, receive it. Um, so just a few parts on on surrender. Um, surrender um, is absolute trust in God without doubt. Um, it's it's uh, no, there's no fault in our faith. It's submission. It's not an act. It's not weakness. Um, it's it's a meekness, not weakness. I think Brian might laugh at that. Um, but but it's, and surrender is not bondage. It's not defeat. Um, it's not being manipulated or it's not oppression. Um, uh, surrender is such a, a stripped back, raw sense. Um, of self um, uh, but when you do surrender um, and you do accept uh, a new wineskin uh, you do have uh, God's provision um, and you will have um, growth um, as well uh, so yeah I was going to keep it quite short actually um, so yeah I, I, for, for me um, yeah, I just wanted to, to share that part with you. So, in, in that when you um, when you do get challenged um, or you do get surrounded by um, your life, and sometimes it's hard. You look at yourself and you go, "Well, maybe I just patch on this little bit here from the new and from what I'm hearing. I can go out into the rest of my week and my world, and and it's all fine and it's all good." But um, actually, no. When you look to Luke. Uh, Luke 5, um, you know, God encourages you to, to take, not just ask for, for some new wine, but actually uh, ask you to surrender your old self, your old wine skin, because you've been stretched. Um, um, and it's time for, for God to pour in a new, and He's going to ask um, for you to actually surrender a lot more. But when you do, um, there is a lot of growth that comes, uh, comes with that. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's just, let's um, let's pray. Um, uh, Lord God, I, I, I want to thank you for um, uh, for surrender, Lord God, and I want to thank you um, that you do pour in, Lord God, into all of our lives, um, and that you do provide for us um, over and abundance, Lord God, and, and I uh, I thank you for that, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you just um, fill us, uh, fill us again, Lord Jesus, for, for us to um, 
realise um, and to come to a place, Lord God, where um, we seek you first, Lord God, and that um, as we do, Lord God, it's, uh, it is uh, an act of raw surrender, Lord Jesus. Um, and that, uh, Lord God, you, you just point out to us the, the moments in our lives that we start to maybe compromise and, and take part of the new and um, just patch to the old and try to contain your work, but Lord God, your word cannot be contained um, in just its old self. Lord God, I pray for, um, uh, for, your, for your power to impart um, into our lives. message for where Melbourne life is sort of heading. I think it's interesting that we're celebrating our 20th year in a couple of weeks. Uh, And just listening to Will share, I really feel like God's preparing a lot of us for, you know, the the direction of of our church. I think that there are going to be a lot of new necessarily new ways of doing things, but I think we're going to have a lot of our mindsets really challenged, and I think that we have to moving forward in the the century that we live in and looking at the state of the world and what the world desperately needs is is a church that understands how God interacts with human beings today. Like, what does that really look like? Um, And I think some of that, some of learning how to articulate that and understand that is going to be about letting go of our old 1990s versions of Christianity and really dropping everything and going, God, start new. Like, what? Who are you? Not, you know, some video I saw in 93, you know, telling me about a version of you, but who are you? Like, break all of these things. I think that so much of, we talk about this all the time in our church, but even within our own church, we're pretty like anti-establishment at the best of times. But even then, I think there are sometimes constructs that we've built around our minds and around the way we do life that I think that for the church to survive and to be be Jesus that the world desperately needs, we have to be ready to let some of those things break down. Some of these things that we've held on to and just, yeah, so I don't know, I feel, it feels very prophetic to me that, that God is getting us ready. Um, even I already know, you know, that there are a couple of preaching things and stuff that I want to do, mum and dad want to do next year that are all about this, are all about challenging the way that we've gone in the past and letting the Holy Spirit do new things and, yeah, it's awesome. Why don't we stand? Let's all just close together on a chorus of a song.